0: Lucy. And I'm Diana and I, you know, like Lucy. And this is My Favorite Redhead, the podcast where I show Diana every I Love Lucy episode in order and then we discuss them
1: together until she and all of you love Lucy too. This week's episode is number 14. Ricky has labor pains. (laughs) Y'all when I tell you, Brianna was so <laughs> excited for me to see this one. Just the title alone, she was excited for me to see. And I hope I didn't disappoint, because I was... There were times when I literally had my face covered, because I was I was just not having it. <laughs> so, the episode begins with Ricky on the phone to Fred, because they're gonna have... Uh, they're gonna come over and watch baseball. And Fred is like, mm, Are we sure because we don't want to upset... Lucy and Ricky's like what she's having a baby why is everyone treating her like she's delicate and like this was in the opening lines right and I was already like Ricky get out dude (laughs) yeah so he's rearranging the furniture and Lucy's like rearranging it back because she's like why are you moving all this shit around and he says Lucy I'm arranging this furniture because the boys are gonna come up and we're gonna watch the baseball and she was like no you can't do that because the girls were coming over for a baby shower and he was like, anyway, I want to watch to baseball, and I don't want to go down to friend's house. And she was like, get out. And this, this scene had a lot of, like, not a lot of plot, but a lot of slapstick stuff. At one point, she's changing flowers, and she dropped a geranium. And this is one of those moments I thought was really funny, where you notice that, like, all the laughter in the audience is women, and then, like, a... Sp- like, a second later is all the dudes laughing, (laughs) and I just can't but imagine, like, all the guys, like, looking at their partners to gauge their reaction before they laugh. (laughs) So there's this one scene where Lucy drops a geranium, and she's, like, trying to figure out how to squat to pick it up, because she's many months pregnant, and at one point, she, like, swings her arm to try to, like, grab it on a (laughs) drive-by, and it's, it's very funny, but it's very, like, the only thing for those of you people who are like us, and, and also childless... If you've ever worn a steel-boned corset, yeah. I feel like this is the same energy.
0: Yeah, that was I thought. I was like, I've never been pregnant yet, but I have been laced in. Oh, yeah. So...
1: You don't move that thing. That thing moves you, yeah. and you don't move a lot.
0: When you realize that, like... You accidentally forgot to slip your shoes on before.
1: Yes, (laughs) that's another thing. For those of you who have never worn a steel bone corset, the first rule of historical costuming is shoes go on first, (laughs) and this is why. Because you are not going to be able to reach those laces. So either have a buddy or, you know, plan accordingly. Mm -hmm. So this is a fun scene. It was very relatable in an also childless kind of way, but I did like how the women laugh and then the dudes laugh like right behind him (laughs) so ricky's like oh what am i gonna have for lunch though and lucy hadn't made him lunch because she's preparing for the party so he goes down to the mertz's he's like well i'm sure fred can rustle up something it's fine so the girls show up and they lavish lucy and it's very sweet and the next scene is her and ethel going through all the presents And Ricky comes in and he's like, is dinner ready? You know, I have to go to work late. And she's like, oh honey, I just got finished with the baby shower. And he was like, uh, but it's dinner time and I have to go to work. So he's, he's just, he's just a real, he's just on one.
0: What about me? What about doo-doo (laughs) Bee?
1: What about Tyra? (laughs) So... Fred comes over, and he's all excited because Ricky is mentioned in Winchell. Isn't that, And thats that Walter Winchell? hmm Hey! Get you. Because I'm a true crime book. Yes. <laughs> so, Ricky is mentioned in Winchell's. It's actually mostly Lucy, but Ricky is also, and it's so funny, you guys, because they're talking about Lucy being, like, this society dame, and she's doing all this stuff, and they're like, and, you know... Lucy's husband Ricky Ricardo and it just reminds me of all those times when they talk about like these famous men and their equally accomplished wives but they're just like referred to as their wife mm-hmm. and that's just wasn't there an article recently or recently? it could have been within the last decade I don't know mm-hmm. when um was it Gigi Hadid who had done something and they're like and her husband is some actor guy Yeah. <laughs> and the internet lost their mind and we were like no no that's what it's like you guys That's what it's like for us. So it was very that. And he didn't like it at all. And I thought it was hilarious. And so he's just like, where's my dinner? I want a steak and potatoes and some butter on the potatoes. While they're still talking about Winchell's because his dinner is the important thing. Eventually the Mertzes leave and Lucy's apologizing. We're not having dinner ready. And he's like, it's fine. I'll just, you know, just don't tell me that you haven't washed my shirts. And she's like, can you pick up the dry cleaning on your way to the club? So he's just, he's a baby about it. And of course, you know, in New York, New York City, New York, New York, there's nowhere to get any food.
0: He's too good for dollar pizza.
1: Yeah. Or, you know, any of those hot dog stands or any of those five-star restaurants. Mm-hmm. Or also, we've seen people eating at the Tropicana. Yeah. So, <laughs> can't can't have a ham sandwich. And she offers him a fried egg sandwich. Now, you guys, you might not know specifically how old I am but I'm a lady of some years and my family we love that old 30s depression standby of a fried egg sandwich and I personally I was like I'd take a fried egg sandwich right now and I'm not even hungry and he turned his nose up at it and I was like we had a whole conversation a fried egg sandwich is a whole meal that is perfectly adequate and he was like no he's a
0: big baby
1: he's a big baby And this is an episode all about babies.
0: Yeah. Bigger baby than the actual fetus.
1: I know. Although, in fairness, those are pretty small.
0: Yeah, they are tiny.
1: So, the next scene, Lucy's bringing a doctor in because Ricky is just, he's just not doing great. He's got nausea, he's got aches and pains, he's tired, he's all of this. And they just don't know what's wrong with him. And, of course, he's convinced that he ate something dodgy on the way to the club. Well, licky. Lucy leaves, and the doctor is talking to him, and he was like, do you feel neglected? And I about threw a shoe at that (laughs) doctor, too. I was like, my dude, there is a pregnant woman in the other room, and and you're like, oh, bubby. Yeah.
0: I love that when Ricky's like, no, I don't feel neglected. He's like, oh, that's hard to believe. Right? Since X, Y, and Z happened, I just got here, but I picked up the tea, so I feel like you should feel neglected.
1: I've noticed that your wife is incubating a whole human in there, and I feel it's only reasonable for you to feel like that takes the attention away from you.
0: That fucking harpy is not doting (laughs) on you like she's supposed to.
1: She's supposed to be incubating a whole human and also, you know, maintaining the same level of devotion that she had before. And that's only going to increase once that thing comes out. So, you know, we need to like get a treatment plan in order here. Yeah. <laughs> a party. So, right? So, yeah, so basically he's like, I think you're having sympathy pains, but like not in the understanding kind of way, like, oh boy, there's a lot that you're going through. It's just kind of like, "Wah, I have so morning sickness for too." <laughs> yeah. So, the doctor goes back out, and he's talking to Lucy and Ethel, and he's like, well, you just need to make him feel like he's the center of attention, and I almost walked out of my house. <laughs> I w- she said, ugh, out loud,
0: <laughs> and it was very dramatic, and I was like, you know what, that's fair. This chick
1: just been- had a baby shower. She wasn't, first of all, she almost wasn't allowed to have it, and then she was made to feel guilty for having it, and now he's like, I think you're being selfish. Yeah.
0: And also, when she's beating herself up because he feels bad, and she's like, "Oh, this is my fault. I shouldn't have had that dumb baby shower," and he's nodding like, "Well, yeah." Yeah. It's like boy,
1: right? So Ethel's like, "Well, we should give him a baby shower, <laughs> so that he feels involved." And she's like, well, we'll get Fred to throw it. He'll love it. And that was the first moment I was like, oh, oh can you imagine? I just wanted to see Fred in a, like a baby bonnet. That's just all I want in the whole world. And I didn't get it, you guys. So it's fun. so they heard Fred referring to the, He's getting excited, right? He's talking about the stag party, and I was like, stag party. And like a split second later, Lucy was like, wait, stag party? And I was like, yeah, I heard it too, girl. <laughs> So, Lucy is like, okay, well, I, we said baby shower, not stag party, so we need to, like, infiltrate and see what that's about. And Ethel was like, what? <laughs> you want us to what? And uh, it was very funny, the idea of trying to smuggle a, someone in Lucy's state <laughs> into a, a baby shower for men. And, of course, we here in 2022 recognize that not everyone who has a uterus and can't have a baby is a woman. But back then, that's, like, the crux of the joke. Yeah. The kernel of the joke <laughs> is, like, well, Ricky's not going to have a baby. But Ricky does seem to understand that it's a daddy shower. Of course, we can't call it a baby shower because only women have babies. Yeah. Daddies are just... Do you notice when it's for a woman, it's about the baby? Mm-hmm. And when it's for a man, it's about him?
0: I don't want to be, like a gender essentialist because I'm not but like does that surprise you? no yeah
1: so they're at the club and they're taking the calls because there's a reporter coming down it's not Winchell but it's a reporter gonna come down and report on this first ever daddy shower and uh, so all the boys are excited and then the boys show up and they all brought presents for Ricky and they all brought a bottle of beer and again to my previous point a baby shower yep yeah. Is full of things for the baby.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I can't remember the last time I went to a baby shower and they had like bath salt. I mean, pregnant women aren't supposed to take baths. But like, nothing for mom. Sometimes you get like a ticket to a spa. That's
0: yeah. That's nice.
1: But like, for the most part, it's baby stuff, right? Because baby shit's expensive. I say gesturing to the only person who's <laughs> had a baby. But like, although last time I went to a baby shower, it was almost entirely diapers and burp rags. And I was like, that is grim. <laughs> That's <is> a grim <laughs> statement on motherhood.
0: <laughs> on Friends, when Phoebe had a baby shower because she was a surrogate, that she wasn't keeping those children, everyone was like, shit, what are we going to do? So they decided to get her pre- presents that she could use once the pregnancy was over. Oh, I love that. And so it was a really great idea, but then she kept opening things and she was, like, getting more and more sad and she started crying and getting upset and she was like why would you guys bring me stuff i can't even use for like three more months i already feel bad about everything else so it's like it's a tough situation
1: (laughs) yeah but beer doesn't help anything no so lucy and ethel show up and they look like wild west gamblers and they they have like these oversized suits that look terrible and these big mustaches and these ugly hats and these big like fat ties And, um, so they're there, of course, to report on the thing, and they're, like, glad-handing with the boys, and they're trying to get a story, and, of course, Fred says it was all his idea, which, of course, is fodder for drama. And then they decide they're gonna leave, and the boys clocked them immediately as Lucy and Ethel, because Lucy was wearing one of Ricky's best ties. Yeah. And also, apparently she stuck her mustache on with Scotch tape. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> so, yeah,
1: so it wasn't even good. So, the next scene is Lucy's in bed, and Ricky comes home with pistachio ice cream, hot fudge, and sardines, which is kind of a callback to the previous episode, when she had, like, a milkshake and a pickle?
0: Yeah, a papaya juice milkshake Ugh. and a dill pickle.
1: Yeah, so this is, like... You know, because she's got the cravings, right? Mm -hmm. And then she's like, you know, I always thought it was interesting that when you were having the same symptoms as me, you didn't have any weird cravings. And he was like, well, yeah, because whatever. And then he, like, looked over and he was like, actually, give me some of that. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Once he, she accidentally sort of said that
1: yeah she kind of came clean yeah. <laughs> about the doctor's idea for the party. She's like, "Oh, yeah, your symptoms cleaned up as soon as we had that party and
0: then he immediately backslid because he's a big baby. Mm-hmm. but I have got a flavor blasted section of notes for you today. A- so, this episode aired January 5th, 1953. We finally made it into 1953. Give it up for 53.
1: A 53. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it was filmed on October 31st, 1952, Ooh, which scooby. is that explains Halloween. explains all the costumes. Yes. And it was written by Jess Oppenheimer, Madeline Pugh, and Bob Carroll Jr. and directed by William Asher. So, the term infanticipating was actually coined by celebrity gossip columnist Walter Winchell, who was also mentioned in this episode. Now, normally I would fold this sort of section into my pop culture section of notes, but he kind of, on today's episode, fit in both places, so I'm bringing him up here Hmm. because he was relevant to this part of the discussion. So he was born in 1897 and he became one of the biggest figures in journalism and one time when lucille ball was pregnant in real life the lab that did the pregnancy test actually leaked the news to walter winchell mm-hmm. and the arnazes hadn't gotten a call from the doctor so they found out that she was pregnant listening to the radio just like everybody else they found out from him before they oh, found wow. out from their doctor. their But then, unfortunately, that pregnancy ended up being a miscarriage. So it was like, you know, normally people don't announce their pregnancy that early for a reason. And then it became a public thing. And so I would imagine that made it that much more difficult. Yeah, Winchell also was a part of her being accused of communism. Mm. He was the first one to name her publicly. And apparently J. Edgar Hoover relied a lot on information that he got from Winchell. So if Winchell says, hey, Lucy's a communist, J. Edgar Hoover's going to be like, yeah, mm. she's a communist.
1: Okay. See, I heard that when Lucy was pregnant with Desi Jr. that J. Edgar Hoover had called Desi Sr. to congratulate him before Lucy had told him. That was the story I heard.
0: I would not be surprised if that <laughs> happened. I like, don't just know. to flex, just to be like, that's
1: how, mu- that's how deep in your bedroom I am.
0: Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> it's a whole mess. And so, because when she'll... And we saw this in Being the Ricardos, too. The scene where Lucy and Desi are, like, making out or whatever. And then they hear on the radio, like, what? Famous redheaded TV comedian's a fucking rad. <clears throat> but, and I'm paraphrasing, of course. And then Lucy's like, can you believe that about Imogene Coca? But it was about <laughs> her. But in real life, they weren't actually, you know mid-coitus when that happened (laughs) she was just at home taking care of her children and he was off on his fucking boat and then he hears it on the radio at the same time as she heard it on the radio and he called her and he's like hey so did you hear Winchell tonight and she's like yeah Imogene Coca huh and he's like that was about you (laughs) you might be in trouble I'm heading home with a whole team of guys so we can see if we can figure this out and like make it so that you don't literally lose everything, but be aware. (laughs) This is probably going to be a big deal. So that was a thing that had taken place.
1: That whole thing was... Yeah. (laughs) The Red Scare was no joke, you guys.
0: Yeah. And Winchell was staunchly anti-communist, so he was reporting on a lot of people. If he got wind of any rumors that you might be a communist or a communist sympathizer or have ties to anyone who is a communist or a communist sympathizer... He was going to drop the dime on you, and you were going to have problems because of it. Mm -hmm. But there was a whole culture of snitching during the Red Scare, so... It was terrible. Yeah. So, at the beginning of the episode, when Ricky's inviting Fred and the other guys to come over and watch sports ball with him, he says, like, yeah, bring Jim and Maury. Mm. So, Jim is a reference to James Paisley, the assistant director on I Love Lucy, and... Maury is a reference to Maury Thompson, the camera coordinator, who we actually have seen on the show. He had bit parts in Lucy Writes a Play and Lucy Does a TV Commercial. And those were the buddies. Hmm. And we also see Lucy reading McCall's magazine, which we'll discuss a bit later. I did throw that in the pop culture section. But if you look closely, you can see that on the cover, there's a story about I Love Lucy. And that actual story was written by Desi Arnaz himself. Aww. So that's fun. Well, that's probably
1: why she was being covered by Winchell.
0: Yeah. There was a little Easter egg there, and, you know, she's a big deal. Yeah. Baby's a big deal. The scenes where Lucy struggles to get out of the chair, and when she moves Ricky's chair and he ends up falling on his keister those are usually cut for time in the syndicated version of the show which is a bummer because they're very cute little scenes and the writers always like to kind of throw in those funny bits and kind of slice of life moments and then those are always the things that would end up getting cut because they don't necessarily lend themselves yeah, to the story but they would always be kind of bummed because it's like we actually spent longer working out that bit than we did you know the scene later where chaos happens yeah. but <laughs> which is just kind of the nature of writing kill your darlings yeah so among the baby shower gifts we see the i love lucy baby doll <laughs> and the ice cream with chocolate sauce that lucy ate was actually mashed potatoes and gravy hmm. so because of the studio lights ice cream would have melted oh that makes sense but the sardines were real and Lucy hated sardines in real life Mm. so she was like this is gonna be funny so I'll do it for the bit so she was eating it and then as soon as they cut she like ran and totally vomited because it made her and it's something that she doesn't like and she's literally super pregnant Mm. there's a whole person inside of her so you know you, you understand how that can happen so, Ricky's doctor, Dr. Rabwan, was played by Lou Merrill. He was born in 1912 and worked primarily in radio, but he did have some TV and film appearances, including The Black Room and mm. The Phantom of the Room Org. Nice. Yeah. And the women at Lucy's Baby Shower were uncredited, but one of them was Hazel Pierce, the camera and lighting stand-in. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure she was the one that walked in right after Ethel with, like, the fur on. Mm. And the men at Ricky's shower, the daddy shower, were also mostly uncredited, aside from Jerry Hausner, who we've right. seen numerous times. during the Agent. Him a few times. Yeah. But most of the men were actually musicians from Desi's orchestra. I assume so yeah. they're the homeboys. So we've kind of discussed it a little bit already, but what did you think?
1: Overall, I felt like this um, episode was a was a bit all over the place. The pacing was really weird because like the two scenes mm. you were talking about with him rearranging the furniture and her being in the chair. In the moment I was like, oh this is going on a bit long. So, you know, every once in a while you have a, you have an episode like that where it's not quite as tight and quite as crisp mm. as other ones. Yeah, so I did I did notice some pacing weirdness and even at the Daddy Daddy Shower when the girls were there, it was very like cuz Jerry tells the story, right? And he tries so hard to tell the story. But it's not even that funny a story. And it's not relevant to anything. So I'm like, where are we going, Jerry? Yeah. <laughs> like, So, and it's like the girls go there and they talk to some people. There's that weird encounter with Jerry and then they leave. So. I think
0: that when Ricky sees them come in and you see that one part when he's kind of whispering to Jerry and Fred. Mm-hmm. I think he tipped Jerry off. So they were trying to offend the girls, which right. is why they were like oh, I've got a dirty story Right. so I think that was the point of that it didn't necessarily land, but I think yeah. that's what they were going for Yeah.
1: so I thought it was a uh, it was, when I say cute I mean infuriating <laughs> it was a cute premise <laughs> but, um, you know, in the sort of I love Lucy, like, let's make fun of Ricky being a big ass baby yeah. and let's introduce the concept of a daddy shower, Jesus Christ and that sort of thing, I thought that was cute, and Ricky is just off-the-wall annoying in this episode, which he is sometimes. So those parts, I uh, I hesitate to say like, but they made sense. Yeah. So I didn't have a problem with those, it was just some of the longer scenes that were a bit, like, weird pacing, mm-hmm. but... He's so
0: butthurt in this episode, just, like, from beginning to end, and, like... On the one hand, you get it because there are a lot of big changes happening, but it's also just like, dude, you are not handling this well right now. No. You gotta pull it together. And you
1: wanted a kid.
0: Yeah, your wife has like an entire person inside her body and she needs you to not be like her first bigger baby.
1: So, the whole bit with the chair is, like, he wants her to sit down because she's working too hard, and he's gonna pick up the slack for her. But then, like, she asks him to do, like, two things, and he's like, ugh. And it's like, dude. Yeah. You're gonna need to fortify, because this is a long road.
0: Yeah. And he's just so, like, she forgot me, and he tries to be like, no, I don't feel neglected or anything. It's not like that. But then it's like, but you obviously do. And, like, if you feel bad, maybe it might be more productive if you talked about that with her. And I know this is a sitcom, so that
1: would never never. happen. Or, like, if you were actually, like, a partner and involved in the baby thing. But it's the 50s, so that's not going to happen. It's just, like, I need you to do this on your own Mm -hmm. and double.
0: So the way that you had to do all this work before when you were, you know, just a wife... Mm -hmm. Um, You still need to do all that, but also you need to grow a human being inside your body and pretend that that doesn't, you know, have any effect on your body or your mind or anything else. And when that baby comes out, you're going to still need to do all the work you were doing before, but a ton more work because the baby actually needs you Mm -hmm. to take care of them all the time, not just like your husband who only wants you to take care of them all the time. And it's like, this is exhausting. <laughs> like, I know it's all lighthearted and everything, but it's still a little bit just like, dude, get it Because are there not
1: some people like that in yeah. real life? Yeah. So I think, you know, not
0: to spoil anything <laughs> going forward, but I would say this is probably my least favorite of all of the pregnancy episodes. I wouldn't say I necessarily dislike it because I do think that Lucy and Ethel looking absolutely clown shoes dressed up as reporters who don't know the name of their newspaper is very fun. It's just Ricky's attitude makes it hard for me to be like, yes, I'd love to revisit that episode.
1: (laughs) Yeah, definitely.
0: So, can I interest you in a bit of the old pop culture? I suppose, just this (laughs) one. Just a taste. First one's free. Mm -hmm. So, McCall's Magazine, which again, we saw Lucy reading... Was a women's magazine that focused on fashion, but also had fiction and human interest stories. It was founded in 1873, and it was just called The Queen Magazine Ooh. at that time, which is very nice. But then in 1897, it rebranded to McCall's, The Queen of Fashion, oh, which okay. is also nice. But then they eventually just shortened it to McCall's. Is this the same McCall's
1: that does the patterns?
0: I was wondering that while I was looking it up, and I'm not sure. Mm. And we think it might be Diana's mom is nodding, she's pretty sure. So we had to consult with someone more knowledgeable than ourselves. (laughs) So the magazine actually had a column by Eleanor Roosevelt from 1949 until her death. So that was a good amount of years. I think she didn't pass until 1962. And it also had paper dolls of the character Betsy McCall in, like, nearly every issue. And she was so popular that she became an actual fashion doll Hello. for quite a few years. And she was originally manufactured, and this is the part I'm interested in, obviously. Mm-hmm. She, she was originally manufactured by Ideal Toys, who manufactured Tammy and Tiffany Taylor and a bunch of other, and the Shirley Temple dolls and so on and so forth. But not No. No. But later, she was manufactured by American Character, which... Ooh, you
1: almost had me.
0: <laughs> it was coincidentally the same brand that manufactured the little Ricky baby doll. Oh! Who we saw in this episode. Did I mention that? Yes. Okay. See, I sometimes I just talk so much I forget what I've said. That happens a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so that's fun. Love dolls. And then... <laughs> we see a copy of Try and Stop Me by Bennett Surf in Ricardo's bedroom. Surf was the founder of Random House Publishing All right. and he compiled I spelled that wrong in my notes <laughs> this book of jokes and stories in 1944 and it was a huge bestseller. It was like the biggest deal for the next like several years. Right.
1: So that's pretty cool.
0: And did you have any favorite lines?
1: I certainly did. Not as many as in the previous one. Yeah. <laughs> Lucy was telling Ricky that the girls were coming over to throw a surprise party, and he was like, wait, hang on. How do you know about the surprise party? And she's like, well, you know, they all told me about it, because, you know, I want them to surprise me, but I don't want them to surprise me. Yeah. <laughs> so she didn't want them to come over while she was in her house dress with her hair and curls and all that. That's
0: so relatable,
1: though. It so is. And then I do like when she was like, stag party... Because I was like, I felt like I was reaching into the past and being like, did you hear that? (laughs) And then my very favorite is at the end when the girls are finally leaving and Ricky says, goodbye, Lucy. And then Fred says, bye, Ethel.
0: So I wrote down when the doctor's like, oh, you definitely have Tomein. Because the tone of his voice, he's just like so, like the way you would talk to a child. Mm -hmm. Very funny and then when ethel was like what are you going as an expectant father Mm -hmm. and when lucy and ethel were at the party and pretending to be reporters and she's like well actually
1: it isn't generally known
0: but it's the new york times Herald tribune because let's just smash every newspaper name
1: i feel like we've made that joke before yeah (laughs)
0: yeah and it's a fun, it's a well we'll return to. Yes. Because it keeps on giving. But if you don't have anything
1: else to share no, I think
0: cool cats.
1: All the cool cats and kittens. Yeah. No, I think we about covered it.
0: Yeah, I would agree. So please join us next week, you guys, when we'll be discussing Lucy Becomes a Sculptress. Oh. <laughs> in which Lucy flexes her creative muscles.
1: I, I hesitate to say I'm looking forward to that.
0: I think you're going to like it.
1: Okay, because I like it when she's creative. Yeah. But also, there's, there's so much that can happen with, I assume, clay.
0: Oh, don't get me wrong. Everything is going to happen. <laughs> Things you wouldn't even anticipate could happen will happen.
1: I'm hoping it's clay and not glass.
0: Clay, yes. Okay, good. So, I think it'll be fun.
1: Good. I'm looking forward to it.
0: So, come back again for that, and I forgot how we finish... Bye. (laughs) Yes. Bye. Bye. Subscribe to us on your favorite podcatcher to make sure you never miss an episode.
1: And follow us on Instagram at myfavoriteredhead, on Tumblr and Facebook at myfavoriteredheadpodcast.
0: Tweet us at redhead or drop us a line at myfavoriteredheadpodcast
1: at gmail.com. And if you love Lucy and you enjoy our show, give us a good rating and review.